particularly when my brother abruptly left home. I felt like, what, what can I do to bring him back? What can I do to get God to, to favor us? And I decided that I was going to read the Bible from cover to cover. I thought that this would please God and he would bring my brother back and not only bring him back, but that there would be peace. I began to date a young man who was really a solid guy. But one thing was that he believed in God. I said, well, what do you believe exactly? And he said, uh, I believe in the Bible. I said, well, what part? His answer was, I believe in the whole thing. His sister was in an organization called Crew. It was a Christian organization on campus. I remember her sharing, and I began to catch a glimpse of a God who was not interested in punishing me. He was interested in drawing me to himself. And that was life-changing. Well, Margie, it's an honor to have you on the channel today. Uh, for people who may not know you, who maybe have never seen you, could you just tell us your full name and just give us a little bit of, a little bit of a introduction of who you are? Yes, my name is Margie Stone, and um, I'm an occupational therapist by profession, and I work serving the Lord um, in Mongolia, wow. um, serving disadvantaged children there. Can you tell us about your life before Jesus, starting with your childhood? Did you grow up in a Christian home? Did you know about who Jesus was? No, I had no idea about um, about Jesus, and uh, my parents were very loving parents. I had a, a a very secure upbringing, very secure home, as secure as humanly possible. Mm -hmm. uh, my parents not only provided for me, they were both school teachers, and I had an, an older brother who was six years older. Um, they provided for us, not just financially, but also emotionally and intellectually and so on, all the things that a child needs growing up. Yet they were uh, humanitarians. They would tell me that they didn't really know whether there was a God or not, but it really didn't matter. What mattered was uh, for us to do good works, to be kind to people, and that that was the most important thing was how we gave to others, how we would serve other people. That understanding was um, then what I began to translate that into, I need to do good things, which is not a bad thing to teach a child at all. Um, and yet there is some sense of um, insecurity that comes with that because when is, when is it enough, you know, or when are we good enough? As I look back, I really understand that, um, you know, in the Bible it says that God has put eternity in our hearts. And even though my parents would tell me, well, whether God exists or He doesn't exist, it doesn't really matter, it really did matter. In my heart it did, because um, I knew that there was something that I needed to settle. I needed to understand who He was. And even though my home environment was very secure uh, by human standards, as I said, life happens, and life happened in our home, and particularly uh, regarding my brother, 
who, when I was eight years old, he had his first first epileptic seizure. And this type of seizure that he had was something that um, would cause him. It was. It was. It's like electrical forces that go off in your brain, and you um, fall on the ground, and you begin to writhe, and you can't control control your body or your mind. Wow. And this was terrifying. It was terrifying to my parents, which meant it was super terrifying to me because they were my rocks. And so. When they were so disturbed by this, um, you know, I realized that without, you know, cognitively realizing, there was something in me that said, oh, there are things that even my parents can't handle, which eventually uh, would be a good thing for me to understand. But at the time, it was very uh, fear producing. Um, I had a lot of fear, a lot of sense of insecurity. As we went along, I realized that my brother had other problems uh, that later on showed up in the fact that he was not able to hold down a job after high school. He had learning problems in high school, which led to, to, to other, you know, it led to turmoil yeah. in our home. And again, it was turmoil that was out of my parents' hands out of their ability, um, because at the time, there wasn't a lot of understanding of some of the issues that he was facing. Parents didn't have a lot of tools at that in, in that age to, to deal with some of those things. And so they did the best thing that they could, but it wasn't good enough. And yet, there was a sense, there was this sense of, if I can do good things, then whoever God is, He'll be pleased with me. And um, particularly when my brother abruptly left home, it was a shock. And I, um, I felt like, what, what can I do to bring him back? What can I do to get God to, to favor us? And about that time, I found a Bible in the basement of our home, and it belonged to my father's father, my grandfather. And I decided that I was going to read the Bible from cover to cover. And somehow in my childish mind, <laughs> I thought that this would please God and he would bring my brother back and not only bring him back, but that there would be peace, that all the issues could be solved. And so I did, I did that. I was very determined that I was going to read three chapters every day. And I would stay up late at night so I could get the three chapters read after doing homework. And if I didn't do it, I would in some way remove a privilege from myself because I really, I had this deal with this God who had the potential for good or he had the potential to punish me. Mm. Not knowing which was which, I decided I was, you know, I had to stick to this. I got to the end of that time and I had read through the entire Bible. And the interesting thing about it was that I didn't understand the grace of God. Wow. See, the Bible is full of the grace of God. It talks about the love of God and that that's why He sent Jesus. Uh, because He so loved us, He sent Jesus. So I really missed all that because I was duty-bound to read. So when things didn't change in my family— 
I put the Bible on the shelf, and I said, well, that didn't work. Mm. And I went on. I went on with my life. I began to date a young man who was really a solid guy. Uh, he was an engineering student, you know, and by solid, you know, he, he, he had a goal, and he was pursuing it, and uh, he was steady. And I liked that because, you know, I liked um, security. So it fit. But one thing was that he believed in God. And um, when I asked him what he believed, and he told me that, I said, well, what do you believe exactly? And he said, uh, I believe in the Bible. I said, well, what part? And his answer was, I believe in the whole thing. Mm. And I thought, oh, my gosh, this guy is a nut. And I, I thought, oh, this is really too bad because he he seems like such a nice guy and so solid, but... I really am not going to be able to date him, you know, because he's flaky in this in this part, you know, in this aspect of his life. And but every time we were together, I did not stop dating him. Every time we were together, I would ask him questions: Why does God let bad things happen? Why does why is this happening? Why are there wars? And you know, all of the questions that you know that people ask, and why did this happen in my family? And you know, who am I and what am I here for and um, so on. He did not know how to answer my questions. But um, he said, you need, to, you need to contact my sister. She knows how to explain these things. His sister was in an organization called Crew. It was a Christian organization on campus. And one thing that um, she was all about was sharing good news with people, sharing about how Jesus loved them and wanted to have a relationship with them. And I called her, and um, she did not know me at all. But I told her, my name is Margie, and I am dating your brother, and I want to know about God. She was very excited and invited me to, to come to her apartment. When I got there, we sat on the floor um, in, her, in her bedroom of her apartment, and I remember her sharing a little book with me that I later came to know as the Four Spiritual Laws that basically mm. talked about God's love for us, talked about our separation from God, talked about how J Jesus was the bridge, and when we put our trust in Him, we can have eternal life and abundant life here on the earth. Well, I really never saw, you know, as I look back, I can I can remember that she used the book, but what I really saw was someone who had a relationship with God. You know, Jesus was her friend. I had never heard anything like that before. Mm. The Bible was a book that I had always seen on the coffee table when I would go visit my friends. The only thing that had ever been told to me about Jesus that I remembered was my, my, my high school friends were sitting around talking about church, and they were talking about being baptized. And, you know, I said, well, I've never been baptized. They said, well, you need to get that taken care of. You're going to hell. Wow. And that was the only tip of, of what I had ever heard about God. But here she was. This person who 
had personal relationship with Jesus who knew that he loved her and could tell me that Jesus loved me. And I began to catch a glimpse of a God who was not interested in punishing me. Hmm. He was interested in drawing me to himself. And that was life-changing. Um, the other thing about, about Ruth that I need to say is that, you know, I asked her a lot of those questions, those same questions that I was asking my boyfriend at the time. She had an, had a Bible that was obviously well used, and she opened it up, and it was all highlighted in, and it was written in, and I thought, oh my gosh, you know, I didn't know you could do that with the Bible. And I would ask her a question, and she would think, and then she would say, oh, oh, I have it, and she would open up the Word, and, and she would point to a scripture, and you know, I have to say that she could not answer all my questions that night. I went home with still lots of questions, but I also went home with a sense that there was a God who was alive mm. and that He was speaking. For the next two months, <laughs> uh, He followed me everywhere I went. <laughs> I couldn't stop thinking about Jesus. Uh, for two months, I thought, is He real? Is He not real? Is this the truth? Could it possibly be? And on and on and on until, really, I was tired of the battle. One night I sat on my bed. I said, Jesus, if you are real, I want you in my life. And that was the simple prayer that I prayed. And do you know that, do you know that God met me in that simple prayer? Mm. And I didn't have an understanding completely of what had happened. But I had opened the door of my heart to Jesus, and He knew it, and I knew it. The next day, I knew it. I knew there was something different. Mm. Now, Margie, before you move on to, to, to the next day, in that moment when you did that simple prayer, uh -huh. could you share with us a little bit more, if possible, of what was that moment like? Like when you shared that prayer... Was there an instant response in that moment where you felt something different? Or was it, well, that's cool, you know, like that that's the prayer and we're good. Like what exactly happened in that moment? I know that the next day you, you felt a difference, but in that moment, what happened there? In that moment when I when I prayed that very simple prayer, the battle ended. I knew that something was settled. Hmm. Um, without having all my questions answered, without having the next step in mind, without completely understanding that the Bible says that as many as receive Him, to them He gives the right to become children of God. Come on. I had received the right to become a child of God, whether my brain understood it or not. <laughs> it was it was settled. I was I was a daughter of the Most High. So in that way, I knew that the battle had finished and I was at peace, and that was a relief. Then gradually, I began to understand what it meant to be, to be a follower of Jesus, to be a daughter of God, all the inheritance that comes to us, you know, all that, that belongs to us as part of His family. I very gradually was able to understand 
what it was all about. But I went to bed that night in peace that I had not experienced ever in my life. So then, you know, after that, I I realized that there was a new joy Hmm. in my life. And, you know, it sounds very trite to say this, but honestly, I remember thinking, wow, the grass is greener than it ever was. The sun is shining brighter than it ever has before. And um, it was all part of, of this, new, this new joy and this new relationship that I had entered into with my Heavenly Father. About two weeks apart, I made the decision just to invite Jesus to come into my life. And about two weeks later, I made the decision to uh, study occupational therapy. And I say I made the decision, but I really believe that the Holy Spirit was working in my life at that time. And and it meant that I had to go back to the university town uh, where I was going to school to take some prerequisites. Uh, when I went back to school, my friends were not, were not there. Nobody was there that I knew. And here I was in this new relationship. I was walking with, with Jesus somehow. And gradually, I didn't understand the leading of the Holy Spirit, but um, I knew, I said, you know, I'm going to need a Bible if I'm going to be a Christian. And so I went to, I went to the bookstore, and I told the man, I said, uh, the salesman, I said, I need a Bible. I want to buy a Bible. He said, well, what kind of Bible would you like? I said, I want a holy Bible. And so um, he realized that I really didn't understand a whole lot. So he he uh, took a Bible from the shelf, and he began to explain to me how to navigate, how to find out where was the life of Jesus explained, wow. what came before Jesus came to earth, and then how, you know, how could I use a, a cross-reference and a concordance? These were all things that I hadn't no understanding of. But that uh, gentleman set me on a course where I was able, I was able to read my Bible. And really, this time when I read the Bible, remember, I had read it before all the way through. This time, it was like a love letter that had been written just to me. And every time I opened it, God was speaking to me personally directly. That was something completely new. The other thing that was new was that I thought, well, now I need to go to church. And I hadn't gone to church all my life. And so I thought, well, I need as much of it as I can get. So I'm going to go to church as many times on a Sunday as I possibly can. So I figured out you know, the churches that had early service and then mid-morning service and evening service. And I planned my bus route so that I could um, I could go to, to as many services as possible. And in the, in the services, I remember singing hymns and, you know, they were powerful. The, the words in the hymns were powerful. A mighty fortress is our God a bulwark never failing and i would i would sing those words for the first time and tears would just roll down my cheeks and i would look around and the people were just unmoved 
And I thought, what in the world? Because for me, it was living bread. It was, it was, <laughs> it was something that I had longed for all my life and never knew it. By the time fall came around and everyone came back, I met with Ruth, the young lady who had shared the gospel with me, and um, she said she wanted to, to help disciple me, help help me to know how to follow Jesus. And so she would tell me things like, you need to have a Bible, you need to read it, you need to go to church, and and you need to pray, and so on. And and every time she would share that with, something with me, and she would give me the scripture reference to help me to understand that this was all part of the Christian life, I would say, yes, I know. And um, I realized that the Holy Spirit had been leading me, um, you know, unbeknownst to me, uh, He had been leading me uh, in the things that were going to feed me and help me to become stronger in my life, stronger in my relationship, closer in my relationship with Him, I would say. There are so many testimonies along the way of life with Jesus after that. Um, but as I look back, I realize that everyone, we have different stories. We all have different stories and upbringings and so on, but there is a void in us. And I had a void. He truly had put eternity in my heart and I did not know what that was. And. Uh, The other promise that I found out was true was that he says, I will never leave you or ever forsake you. I cannot tell you that that there have not been problems in my life or struggles or challenges. (laughs) Um, No, there have been. But I can tell you that he he never left me, never forsook me. I knew that Jesus was with me. Long before I ever read the verse that says, if He is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all, how will He not also with us, with Him, freely give us all things? And, you know, when I needed peace, I had that peace. When I needed joy, I had the joy that I needed. When I needed the strength, He gave me the strength. And so, he is he is faithful. Amen. Margie, you mentioned in in uh, your life before before truly getting to know Jesus, you mentioned the concept of works. Yeah. Right. And uh, at some point, you felt you needed to work for that acceptance or that love. In your life after getting to know God getting to know his character, how did he begin to break that belief system down? Well, I, that's, that's a very good question. For me, it was I really had to renew my thoughts, renew my mind with the Word of God. Mm. I read that it is by grace that you're saved, not as a result of works. It is a free gift. When I read that, It was very freeing for me because I thought, oh, works. That's what I had been trying to do when I didn't know God. I didn't know that that He wanted wanted to give me the gift of relationship with Him, Mm. to give me the gift of abundant life and eternal life. And so gradually that 
that began to fall fall off of me, mm. and um, I felt an acceptance that I had I had not even accepted my own self. Wow. Yeah. What was the reaction to um, your parents? Uh, we obviously know a little bit of, of of their belief system, right, and how that translated to you. Uh, but when you came to walk with the Lord. Did you get a chance to speak with them about it? What was their reaction as they saw you walking with Jesus in this way now? Sharing with my parents my my um, newfound love of Jesus, <laughs> um, my relationship with Him was a really difficult thing. It was difficult for them. It was painful for them because it, it was scary to them. You know, there was so much going on in the world, and young people were getting into cults. They were getting into strange things. There were people doing mass suicides in these cults. And, you know, my parents didn't really understand what I was getting into, and they they didn't understand um, that I had found a security other than the security that they had in their their own human effort and ability. And so there was fear in them, and there was a sense that I had rejected Mm. what they had brought me up to believe. And so it was very difficult. Um, We had years and years of, you know, the Lord showing me how to— love them and care for them and have relationship with them, and yet they not really understand the most important part of my life. The wonderful thing that I can say is that uh, I prayed for my parents for over 30 years, and they eventually um, were able to give their lives to Jesus. And so for me, it was worth it, you know, to just— Listen to God and wait and pray, and yet be obedient to Him, you know. Archie, who is Jesus to you? Wow. Uh, Jesus is my friend. He is, you know, He's my everything, really. He, he's my Savior. He has um, delivered me from, from bondage, from, the, <laughs> from my own bondage, you know of trying to get things done on my own, and He's my Heavenly Father. He's someone I can trust. You know, the Bible says He's a shepherd. Sometimes I just, I need a shepherd, and uh, He's my provider. I wouldn't want to live a moment without Him. Margie, for those who are watching your testimony on the other side of the screen, and maybe they are themselves in that position where... They're not really sure. Maybe they've read the Bible, didn't understand it, and are also thinking to themselves, this is not it. It didn't work for me. What's a word of encouragement that you can give to that person who is doubting and having trouble building a relationship with Jesus? My encouragement to them would be take a step. Take a step in His direction. My prayer on that night uh, so many years ago was just a step in His direction. The Lord Jesus says, if you seek me, you will find me. He also says, draw near to me, and I will draw near to you. And so 
on that promise alone, you have uh, the right to, to take that step toward him and let him show you who he is. Mm. I would also say that in addition to, to me thinking that, oh, I've got, to, I've got to be good, I've got to do this and that and the other, the other thing, the other side of that is there's also a fear that if I do yield to Jesus, He's going to ask me to do something, you know, that I don't want to do. I don't want to have that kind of right. life. I don't, you know. And I think sometimes that makes us put our brakes on. I think there was a little bit of that in me, putting my brakes on, because after all, I had learned that we needed to be in control. And so I would say in my life, it has been just the contrary, that He has, he has shown me what would delight my heart and then led me into it. Mm. And rather than taking from me, he's opened up, opened up the world to me. Margie, for people who are praying for their parents or loved ones and uh, are finding it a struggle, right? Because there's not happening in the timing that they want, you know, them, their family members come in to follow Jesus as they are following Jesus. What is a word of encouragement that you can give to those people as you've been through that and you were able to see God come through in their lives? But for those people who may be feeling discouraged, what is an encouragement that you can give them in this time? Yeah, of course, I would say never give up because um, He hears our prayers. And uh, we know that if we pray according to His will, He's heard us. We know that it is His will that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. So I had every right and reason to um, believe that my parents would. And yet I became discouraged sometimes. And, you know, sometimes I, you know, in my youthful zeal, I would, I would preach or use a scripture and it would bring a wall up. And one thing that, you know, I found that the Holy Spirit led me in was that everybody needs love. They all need the, God, the love of God. And so my parents needed to know that I loved them first and that, that I wanted to have relationship with them, did not want to cut them off. So love never fails. So I guess that that's what I would, I would say, um, hang in there and love. Hmm. Archie, do you have any last words for people who are watching on the other side of the screen right now? I think I would say that in my life, since I've come to know Jesus, He has not led me into what is comfortable or what feels good always. And yet the risks of following Jesus have been wonderful adventures. There's someone, a friend of mine always says, the safest place to be is in the palm of his hand. And uh, I have found that to be true, even in the times of what I consider really risky situations, uncomfortable situations, things that I was not even, that I didn't even feel prepared for, qualified for, where I didn't know what was going to happen exactly. Walking, walking with Jesus is, is an exciting adventure. So I guess I would, I would say, 
uh, don't fear. Take that step toward him, and uh, he'll meet you. Lastly, Margie, could you just pray for people on the other side of this screen who are relating uh, to any part of your testimony or just are inspired today? Um, could you just uh, give them a, a quick prayer? I would love to. Father God, we just thank you so much today um, that you are a God of, of miracles, that you know just exactly how to draw our hearts to you. Lord, I, I ask, Father, if there's one who, who has related to um, trying to do good works in order to gain your favor, someone who has been bewildered about who you really are, someone who may feel like you are a God of punishment, or someone who might be afraid of what you will lead them into. Lord, I pray that you would tear down those fears right now in the name of Jesus. I pray, Father God, that by your gentle hand, you would guide them into that life-saving and um, thrilling adventure with you. I pray, Father God, now that your peace would just flood their hearts and that you would lead them um, to that place of, of yielding, to that place of reaching out uh, so that you may draw them near. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.